It's who you are at work, after hours, and back at home. Exploring every layer, finding out what makes you uniquely you, and letting that shine back out into the world. It's Authentic 365, a podcast that takes a glimpse into how some of the most inspiring people among us express themselves and make magic happen. I'm your host, Danny Jackson-Smith, VP at Edelman by Day, community enthusiast and lover of the people always. Hola, good people. This is our first episode and our first roundtable discussion. I'm so excited to have our international co-hosts, Delicia Tan, Rafael Franco, and Jermaine Dallas on deck as we discuss defining authenticity. What's up, everybody? Hello. Hi, everyone. Hey. So I got the idea to create this podcast because authenticity and the pursuit of authenticity create space for our humanity, often showing us how we're more alike than we are different and tapping into what it means personally, professionally, in the moment, and even over time. But what does it really mean to be authentic? Let's kick off with each of us sharing a bit about ourselves and our take on authenticity. Del, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Delisha, and I'm based here in sunny Singapore. I am the Managing Director of Client Growth and Innovation and a proud eighth-generation Singaporean. Um, for me, authenticity has always been a challenge. Um, I've grappled with reconciling Asian values with who I am as an individual, primarily because um, as I was growing up, I was always thought to be myself. However, the Asian values of collectivism and supporting the community may not exactly be in that wheelhouse. So for me, um, something I've grappled with, but my definition of authenticity is really about a person who acts in accordance with their own desires, motives, ideals, or beliefs, um, and also is able to express who she really is. Yes, Dale, I can relate to your definition of authenticity. And I look so forward to hearing more about what it means to really be a eighth-generation Singaporean. Jermaine, what are your thoughts? So I am Jermaine, uh, based in London, and I am a, a senior writer is my job title in my day job at Edelman. And in terms of authenticity, I think I would describe it as your ability to be yourself in um, every which way possible. Um, for me, it's about not having to wear a mask. I think if you are um, yourself in in um, the, the same sort of person in the different settings and you mm -hmm. don't feel like you have to wear some sort of mask and have some sort of veneer over, over who you really are, I think that's the real definition of, of um, authenticity. Right on. Drop the mask, drop the veneers, be the same person in different settings. Raf, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm Rafael. Uh, I'm working in the Sao Paulo office in Brazil. Uh, I'm a senior account executive in the brand area, one of the leaders of the DNI uh, group here, and a cisgender gay white male. Um, when I came out uh, 16 years ago, uh, it was a very different time, uh, more prejudiced uh, society. It took a while for me to tell my parents, but the hardest part was to accept myself. And when I did that, uh, it was one of the moments when I felt authentic. And so that's why authenticity is strongly linked to my gay self. I could say that. And, but in general, I can say that authenticity is the freedom to bring your whole self to everywhere you go, uh, to express yourself as you wish, 
uh, to not limit your thoughts, your speech, but always uh, respecting others as well. If you don't limit uh, their chance to be authentic as well. You can't see me, but I'm over here taking notes because you are dropping, as what we would say, jewels, uh, key elements that people should tune into, right? So giving people space to uh, be their whole self, right? Who you are, who I am may not be exactly the same, and that's okay. I have to give you some room, give you some space. I Googled authentic, and the definition that comes up is genuine. And mindtools.com also notes that being authentic is being true to your own personality, values, and spirit. For me, authenticity shows up when I'm aligned with my internal motivation. I find that that changes over time, right? As I change over time, my aspirations change, and my motivations also shift. So I can't be my authentic self trying to align to the Danny that was 15 years old. While, of course, I still have core values that remain intact. I say that to say that tuning into my inner voice and getting aligned with who I say I am at this moment is vital to me actually being authentic and living authentically. Leaning into what Raf shared, how do each of you describe your authentic vibe? Meaning, this is who I am wherever I go and in any setting. I'm happy to jump in on that one. And, you know, quite interestingly, I, I do find that I'm a lot more of my authentic self in the workplace because I am my own person. I, I don't have the responsibilities of being daughter or wife or cat mom. Um, and, and in that sense, I, I find that working with people um, who have an open mindset and working within the workplace where we're working towards a common goal and, you know, sharing our challenges as well as our triumphs um, enables me to really live up to my full potential. Uh, my team knows my FY22 or my financial year plan, you know, was a Taylor Swift themed presentation. So again, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I'm able to live my authentic self in the workplace. I think for for me, I think I have to make a, a conscious effort sometimes because I, I think when you are joining a, a big company, you want to fit in and it's really easy to think that in order for me to fit in, I have to be like everyone else and, and, and do the same things and think the same things. But a lot of the time, that's not really what you were hired for. So for, for me, authenticity is bringing that, your, your full self and, um, and, and really bringing what makes you unique, um, to work. So, um, sometimes it's, 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 it's an effort. I have to really make myself, um, do that, uh, because it's, it's not always straightforward, but when, when I do nail it, when I, when I do, um, feel really comfortable. I think that's where I'm able to to be myself and, and be my best self at work. Yeah, totally. Uh, when I when, when I was a child or a teenager, I was it was not really easy to be my true self to be authentic. Uh, when I find out that I might be gay, uh, I had a prejudiced mind myself. So I thought it was wrong to be effeminate, for example. And I try to uh, conceal any glimpse of movement that uh, could be seen as feminine. And this has made some permanent marks on myself that I, I still carry uh, with me. And 
so when I entered uh, the workplace, I could. Uh, it was the first place where I could be myself because in communications, usually you are more accepted. So I felt more um, vulnerable to show uh, more parts of myself. And but now I, I'm in a moment when at work I'm I can be truly authentic. I'm my my whole self. And but as I focus so much in, at work during the last years, uh, and I think that is one of the reasons that I was concealing myself. I opened at work, so I felt comfortable at work. So I focused most part of my life to my work. And then now I'm in another journey to find my true self, my authentic self on my personal life as well. And when you face prejudice, it's against uh, sexuality, ethnicity, or any, any other thing, uh, I think it's hard to, to find your authenticity uh, as a whole. And our, as you said, Danny, our authenticity uh, changes over time as well, because you're not the same today as you were like 20 years ago. So uh, it changes and, and prejudice certainly have uh, a great impact on that. Absolutely. Prejudice, discrimination and all the isms, racism, sexism, ageism, ableism, they all impact what it takes for us to show up authentically. We live in this world where these things exist and persist. So we must acknowledge that being authentic in spite of our surroundings or societal pressures really takes something. Back in 2010, I got my first full-time job as an associate producer. I recall a more senior black producer pulling me aside and encouraging me but also sort of warning me not to become the black producer known for predominantly pitching black directors. This conversation disgusted me because I was certain my white colleagues were not getting schooled on how many white companies or directors to pitch. I'm born in Chicago, South Side and West Side, lived in New York, had been in the music industry, entertainment industry, and had an array of contacts. So I felt like I was ultimately being asked to leave a part of who I was at the door in order to fit in. I'm sure this person meant well, but they had a case of respectability politics that would have me be more concerned with fitting in than pitching the diverse gamut of talent that I knew would be best for creative and for our clients. Luckily, I didn't listen. I pitched all sorts of people. And, you know, I owe that to my upbringing. So shout out to my parents and my grandparents, but also to the tribe I had cultivated and created in Chicago and in New York through the 4A's Multicultural Internship Program and through Ad Color. You know, when we come in as a community or when we know we have a community, we also feel more empowered to be our authentic selves. Yeah, for, for me, I, I think the, the points where I kind of question my authentic self would I've had the good fortune of living in Australia and, and living in China as well. And for me, that's when I started to, to really question what my authentic self really was. Um, in Australia, as, as a young student, um, I came to understand what it meant to be other, uh, to be Asian and to be a part of that minority group. Whereas I was very sheltered for, from that for, for most of my childhood, right? And, and really, I, I think, you know, was very privileged in, in the first, I would say, 10 years of my formal education. And, and going to Australia was a real challenge to then, you know, make sure that people heard you, make sure that people didn't, you know, put you in, in a 
um, in a certain box or categorize you based on a stereotype. Um, and what was interesting was that when I moved to China about six years ago, um, the challenge there was that people were like, you are Asian, but you're not like us. You're not Chinese. And, and you know, the whole time I would get questions of where is your old family home? You know, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Singapore. Right. And, and, and it was there that I, I truly discovered that I'm Asian, but not that Asian. And I'm my kind of Asian. And if, if I remove the Asian label, I am just who I am. Um, yeah, for, for me, um, I can, I can relate to that because, um, I'm used to, especially growing up um, in in the the north of England in the '90s, when um, there, there wasn't that sort of spread of diversity that you would find now. I'm very much used to being in a, a minority or being the only black person in a particular situation. So whether that was at school, I was the only the only black kid, and um, even in professional settings, a lot of the time I am. Um, very much in a in a minority and sometimes I feel there's a temptation to feel like you have to because you are the only black person sometimes you feel like you are the the representative of of all black people which is quite a big big responsibility to put on yourself and um, and 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 I think that's 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 on me I think sometimes it's it's that it's like why am I doing this to myself why am I putting myself in that situation because then it's 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 like Am I doing um, the things that I, I personally want to do and saying the things I personally want to do or am I sort of being the, being the, the stereotype or, or being the things that I think people want me to say because of who I am? And, and so I, I think it's, it's really important for, for me. I found that it's, it's really important to make sure that I am just me and my my background and all those other things feed into who I am. But I have to just make sure that I am a representative of Jermaine, not the representative of all black people or all northerners or, or whatever the case may be. Snapping my fingers over here because you're dropping jewels, Jermaine. I love that you say that I have to be the representative of Jermaine. So for me, I have to be the representative of Danny rather than all black women because we are not a monolith. That has me thinking about the saying, there is nothing new under the sun. When we talk about our uniqueness or being true to ourselves, we have to understand that what we call self has been conditioned by the world around us, the people around us, the society that we live in. Sometimes we are putting on and taking off identities based on how they serve us. For example, when I was 13 years old, I had made a declaration, in my mind at least, that I was not going to embrace anything else girly. So no more flowers, no more dresses, no more pinks, no purples. I preferred my baseball caps and baggy overalls. I preferred to hang out with the boys listening to hip-hop, Wu-Tang Clan, Chicago, Crucial Conflict, etc., etc., because I wanted to be respected. And while I didn't want to be a boy, I thought it was better for me to embrace the personas like Queen Latifah, MC Light, Mary J. Blige, Left Eye. You know, those women had a big impact on me. I wanted to be more like them than the girls I saw dancing in the music videos. And while I was attracted to boys, I found it safer for myself to downplay my physical assets, uh, to downplay my femininity and gain respect with meaningful relationships, meaningful friendships, and a lot less attention that left me being gawked at by guys. 
as I got older, I started to realize that I created a persona to protect myself, but I was really creating a prison for myself. And that I really did love dresses and makeup and colorful wigs and looking fly just as much as I love my baseball caps and my overalls. So I had to grow into a new authentic me. I, I can totally relate, Danny. Um, that's because I'm an only child. And I always used to joke that I am my father's son and my mother's daughter, um, primarily because my, my father was in the military service for a very large part of his life. So, you know, I'd be there where, wearing daddy's beret or, or, you know, playing with his boots. But at the same time, I'd be sneaking into my mom's cosmetic pouch, putting on lipstick and her high heels. So again, you know, that there's that idea of, you know, who do I want to be when I grow up? Um, in my culture, um, because I said I was eight generation Singaporean, we're what we call Puranakans, which means um, Chinese that are born in this part of the world, Southeast Asia. And our culture, for, for some reason, is very matriarchal, which is why my grandmother was, was, a, was a very clear steering influence in my life. And what was very interesting to me and, and you know, related to your story, Danny, was that my grandmother would often chase someone like me out of the kitchen saying that you're not meant to be here, you were made for bigger things. And, you know, that would mean getting into the books, you know, and my grandmother was considered modern because she wore slacks instead of a traditional sarong, for instance. So that idea of, you know, taking on the masculine roles, and I always wanted to be exactly like my father. You know, I would practice, um, you know, military drills in the living room. Um, and to me, you know, following that masculine example was about claiming that power back, you know, as opposed to, to being in the kitchen all the time. So I totally relate. Um, I'm with you. I was into the overalls and baseball caps. I still am. Um, and, you know, that, that's probably who I am today. It's interesting because uh, for me, uh, sexism is in the core of every prejudice, I guess, because uh, prejudice, gender prejudice, or even if you say um, against gay people, for example, it's, uh, it's wrong to be gay because it's feminine. So to look like a woman, to sound like a woman, it's wrong. So it, it, it's the core <laughs> prejudice of, of all, I guess. And, uh, and as I said, I, I conceal my, my feminine movements or gestures when I was young. And at school, I didn't like to play uh, football or soccer, depending on where you are. Um, so those classes were like torture to me. I, I hated, uh, as, as a whole, I, I tried to skip school on that days. Um, and then I, I started to find my true self when I was, uh, when I was around 20 uh, years old, when I went out to my first gay club and I tried to, oh, this is a world that I can live in. And then after a while, uh, when I, dis I, I have a travel blog focused on the LGBTQ plus community, and the, this was the first of a kind in Brazil. And so this um, gave, gave me some uh, visibility. What put me in a position where usually I was the only gay guy around, as German was say, saying, and this is, is, is quite risky to, to, for you to become a token so you are the gay guy, you are the black guy, the black girl, you are the Asian girl, and you have to represent everyone. So it's confusing when you have to define, okay, this is a part of me, I am a gay guy, so it's something that it's part of me. But at the same time, I don't relate to every gay stereotype, and I don't feel connected to, I don't know, 
uh, I can I can be people can uh, swear at me if I say that I don't watch, for example, RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I don't follow uh, that much, so this is not a part of me. But I, I respect and I like the culture, but I don't relate to every single aspect of being a gay man or of what a gay man look like to the society. So it, it's quite risky to become a token, for in my opinion. And and I think that I think the important thing is that we we shouldn't feel like we 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 have to um, sort of be that gay guy or that black guy or whatever the case may be. Um, I think that 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 pressure can be can be dangerous um, at times. Um, but yeah, I, I think we are really really complex uh, human beings, and. Um, I think we, we should sort of embrace and appreciate our complexity um, because that those those stereotypes really lack nuance and uh, a complexity. That they're, they're very simple um, because that's they, they they exist to sort of um, help people categorize um, people um, based on um, one aspect of who they are. But I think when when you appreciate the the the, um, the, the complexity of who people are um, and embrace that for for who you are, I, I think it, it really um, it does a lot to help us um, show up authentically and wherever we are. You took the words right out of my mouth, Jermaine, and said them even much better than I I, I definitely could. Um, yeah, and I completely agree with you. I, I wish you could see my snaps right now, but yes, snapping furiously. Um, that's primarily because, you know, um, people are lazy in general and, and by codifying certain behaviors or codifying certain people, it makes it so much easier to then, you know, go through life. But again, if you peel the, the layers of the onion to really get you know, to that authentic core, you, you'll be so much richer for the experience, which is why I think, you know, that's oftentimes a reminder to myself as well to not just say, oh, you know, this person is, is like this or has this role or and therefore I, I need to react to this person in a certain way. That's, yeah, that's something uh, important uh, to say that we all have prejudice. Uh, it's, it's part of our nature. It's part of who we are. We have to... Uh, to relate uh, situations uh, with things that we have lived. So we have preconcepted ideas of everything. The important thing is uh, to think about it, to, to sit on that and, and see this is something that I should be thinking. This is something that uh, it's connected to the truth or is just something that I uh, created to, to protect myself. Because it's important uh, that... I don't know, if you go on a hiking, you have to, to have certain uh, quick uh, thoughts to protect yourself. So this is, is life. We, can, um, we, we don't have a way to, to, uh, to forbid that to, to happen. I don't know if I'm uh, speaking um, the, the right words here because my authentic self is Latino. So <laughs> English is not my, my native language. But you have to be... Uh, you have to have these preconcepted ideas, but you have to think over that and, and, and see if it's, it connects to real life. I completely agree. And so, uh, you know, another way to frame that up is to have biases to be human, right? And so the more we're in tune with what our biases are, the more we have the opportunity to avoid discrimination and to tap into our own authentic identity. 
With that being said, I know we're almost at time and I want to ask a little bit of a fun question. Um, If authenticity was a piece of wearable fashion, what would it be for you? I think for for me, my sort of wearable representation of who I am would probably be quite bizarrely a pair of slippers. Because I, I think that um, one thing that, that people often say about me, and, and, and I, I think I've started to realize it is true, is that I'm, I'm quite a, a laid back personality. And um, I, I really don't like to um, stress myself out or get too het up about things that I don't really have control over. So um, I, I think that's a, a big part of, of who I am. And, and I'm owning it because I, I think it's really helped me to, to, stay, to stay cool in um, high pressure situations. Yeah, I think uh, we have different authentic uh, identities. Uh, I can be authentic at work and be authentic at home, and they are just different from each other. Uh, and just parts of me that I wanted to show in, in, in this choice to show just a part of myself consciously, it's to be authentic as well. And as you said, uh, if was a, a authenticity was a wearable fashion item, I guess it would be a, a men's uh, skirt because uh, some people will judge you for wearing, other people will admire you for the same reason, but in the, in the end, what matters is that you're comfortable. So I would say a men's skirt is the, is the item that I would choose for that. If I were a piece of wearable fashion, I would be something that I wear almost every day, which is a bandana. Um, that shows the, the little bit of the repressed rocker side of me. Um, I secretly wear them to client meetings as a nice little side scarf under my blazer. Or, you know, if we're out and about, I wear it um, as a head, headband. And to me, um, exactly what Raf was saying, right? It, it's about this idea that you can be authentic and yet many different versions of yourself. Um, which is why for me the bandana is really iconic Um, I was a massive bros fan growing up Jermaine I I think I'm dating myself there you're probably too young to remember bros Uh, but essentially um, I remember you know I (laughs) <laughs> okay, great. I don't feel so long in the tooth now. But yeah, you know, to me, that, that was the idea of British pop rebellion. Um, well, Matt and Luke Goss have evolved in, in certain ways. But, but the key thing is that the bandana means um, a lot to me. I could be in Hell's Kitchen at, at one moment and, and the next, you know, really be a posh uh, French lady, if you will. So uh, again, um, I, I love the idea that we can be authentic, multifaceted selves um, and different people in different situations and, and still be yourself. I love that. Uh, look, if I am a piece of authentic wearable fashion, I am going to be a hoodie. Classic, comfortable, saving grace, rain, hail, snow. The hoodie is a place where I go to for protection almost, you know. So that's me. One last question before we get out of here, and that's, what advice would you give to your younger self regarding being authentic? So when I, I hit 30, I, I read an article about what happens to people when they hit 30. And one of the things I remember the article saying is that you really start to own who you are and not care as much about what other people think. Because I, I, I think prior to that, there's a lot of pressure and, and there was with, with me as well to really get everyone on side and get everyone to like you. 
And so I, I think the advice I would give to my younger self is to be confident about who I am and the right people will like you because you, you, you'll never be for everyone anyway. So I, I think why, why make things difficult by pretending to be something that you're not? So I, I think um, I would advise my younger self to just be myself. I think um, building on, on what Jermaine said and, and being yourself, um, when my younger self actually had a lot of guidance along the way from my grandmother who told me I shouldn't be a member of ABBA or I couldn't be Gladys Knight because I had no pits. Um, or my auntie who said, you know, you shouldn't wear your MX-95s all the time. You know, that's not ladylike. I would tell my younger self that, you know, that's a lot of well-meaning advice, but, you know, I still turned out okay. So again, it's kind of cool to be different and kind of cool to want to be different things and really go on that journey of self-discovery as long as at the end of the day, you know that you take care of number one, which is really yourself and you know you can be proud of what you've achieved after all of that. So there you go. Well, I'm a person who loves uh, self-knowledge and self-discovery. I love to search my true self every single day and bring it to the table. Uh, and this is what makes my, my vital force every day. And it's, it's an endless journey that I, I love to be. It's always rewarding, although it's not always easy. Uh, so it, it's a process, right? So I, I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't tell anything that to my younger self that changed the way I saw life because it, it, this made me who I am today. I, I wouldn't, I would maybe just say like, Keep an eye on being authentic. This will be important in your life from now on. But I would not like change. Uh, I needed to, to go through some things to be who I am today. And I'm very proud to be myself today. So I, I wouldn't say much. I, I wouldn't give spoilers. I'm not a spoiler, a spoiler guy. <laughs> I love that. No spoilers. Um, I'm with you. I wouldn't change anything per se. But I would tell myself to... Uh, enjoy the quiet spaces, get to know yourself and listen. Just be quiet and be still and listen to yourself so that you can actually recognize your authentic voice. With that, we are at time, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been awesome. <laughs> And that's a wrap for this episode. Many thanks to you for rocking with us. And until next time, keep it authentic all day, every day. Shout out to our team behind the scenes. Fake McIver, Emma Marie McAfee, Trish Smith, Denise Bush, Sarah Neal, Pamela Blandon, Emma Dowling, Ryan Vandenbosch. Authentic 365 is brought to you by global communications firm Edelman. 